Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thanks for joining us today. Well, today we're going to talk about the multifamily market. You know, the apartment market has certainly been hot, and people are wondering what's going to happen. How is it going to change in 2015? Well, please welcome my first guest, Stephanie McCleskey. She's Director of Research with Axiometric. Stephanie, thanks for joining us today today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, to get us started, how has the U.S. apartment market performed year-to-date in 2014? You know, really, we're calling this at Axiometrics the year of the apartment market. We're seeing the best year-to-date rent growth post-recession. So we're at 5.5 percent. I think the closest uh, year that we've had since this was in 2011, and it was like 4.2 percent. So we're doing really hot this year. It's great. Occupancy is above 95 percent, so we're functionally full. It's the first time we've seen this since early 2000s. So with occupancy rates so high, it really gives landlords that pricing power that we've been seeing. Yeah, that's amazing. I think it seems to be surprising some people that you know this growth is is this strong. It's certainly great for the industry. So what do you expect to see moving, for, uh, moving forward in 2015? If we see some, does this continue, this extreme growth? We're very optimistic about 2015. Right now, for the third quarter in 2014, annual effective rent growth sits at about 4.1% nationally. So should employment level gains remain steady, we're expecting slight deceleration to about 2.8% to 3% by end of 2015. And a lot of this is due to the amount of new supply that's come online. However, keep in mind that the long-term average is 2%. So we're still well above the long-term average. Um, the uh, The other thing is occupancy rates probably going to decelerate as well. Typically, rent growth and occupancy trails each other. So very optimistic about 2015. So still very strong growth for the industry, especially historically, right? Absolutely, yes. And what about performance for, you know, A versus B versus C? What do you see there? It's really interesting right now, although all asset classes have positive uh, annual effective rent growth, Class B or those middle tier type properties are really leading the way. We're seeing um, the suburban type areas and the more affordable type product with the best growth. This could be in part uh, due to new supply delivering in the urban core areas. So it's a lot of product delivering at a similar price point within very close proximity to each other. So um, we're seeing the urban core areas soften just a little bit, but nothing nothing bad necessarily, but it's just really the class B or middle type properties that are seeing the best growth right now. I see. And this is interesting growth, and I think it may surprise some people. We're talking with Stephanie McCleskey. She's director of research with Axiometrics about the apartment market. Stephanie, what's causing all this extreme growth? You know, there's several factors that affect the apartment market. Demographics is one of them, so population trends, and we think this is really interesting right now. There are more people in the prime renter age group right now than we've ever seen before. And not only that, but if you compare this cycle to the previous cycle, this cycle is already longer than the previous cycle. The previous cycle was 2004 to 2008. Um, There were less people in the prime renter age group in the previous cycle, and more of them were out trying to buy a home. So homeownership has really declined over the last several years, especially 
specifically for this age demographic. And it could be for lifestyle choice reasons. Maybe they want to live where the action is. They're getting married later. They don't want to live in the suburban type areas. Or maybe they can't buy a home. They don't have the down payment or they're buried in debt. Um, that's really one of the indicators that we think is really interesting right now. The indicator that really ties closest to how the apartment market performs is what's happening with employment. So job growth is a huge factor. And then lastly, supply, of course, affects the apartment market. So every new job is a new person that may potentially rent. The more jobs, the more apartments we will need. Uh, if supply is low, that could really help push rent growth as well, because if they're functionally full, there's just not anything to rent. Um, it really pushes rent growth. So that's kind of what we saw at the beginning of this cycle. And you mentioned the prime rental age group. Uh, what is that age group? That age group is uh, between 20 and 34. Um, typically, when we ask our clients, um, you know, what's the average age of one of your renters in one of your apartments, um, they'll say on any on either side of 30. So maybe um, over 30 is more the luxury type class A product, and then maybe 25 to 29 is the uh, more mid-tier type product. So we kind of use 30 as a benchmark. And is that trending higher, or what? What do you see there? Absolutely. The, the number of people that are turning 30 by year is increasing, and we've actually forecasted that out over the next five years, and we're seeing it continue to increase. So um, the more people that are turning 30 means more people in that prime renter age group that are going to um, potentially be renting. And you mentioned uh, the housing market and uh, recovering housing market. I guess some investors in the apartment market may be concerned that um, with these low interest rates, as housing starting to come back, that it could impact uh, the rental market. What do you expect to see there? Well, actually, you know, we're not really expecting the single family market to really affect the multifamily market, at least until the next five years. And the reason that we think that is because total and single-family housing starts are still way down compared to the last 20 years. Multifamily, and there's been a lot of concern about new supply, but multifamily is just now getting back to levels that we had seen in the previous cycle. So overall, housing is still way down. We don't expect single-family to really make a comeback over the next five years. Um, in addition to that, homeownership rates have really declined, so there's less people that are owning homes. So we expect the apartment market to actually perform exceptionally well over the next five years. Well, that's some key points there. I think the, the rose may all be off the bloom a little bit for home ownership after what everyone has went through as well. It's certainly convenient to rent an apartment. And, and you talked about the impact on performance in the apartment industry based on new construction. And, and in some markets, uh, there's a good bit of new construction. Where are new levels of construction right now, new supply, and how do you expect that to impact the market moving forward? Sure. Um, like I had said, multifamily supply is just now getting back to the levels that we'd seen in the previous cycle. Um, and really, 2014 and 2015 are the years that it's starting to deliver. deliver. Um, 2013, we saw about 160,000 units. 2014 and 15, we're going to see around 230,000 a year, which is about in line with what we've been seeing in the previous cycle. Or it's an average of what's historically um, delivered. Um, into the market. But like you said, there's some markets that are above historical levels, and there's some markets that are below historic levels, and we don't see them getting to where the, they, um, to, to construction start levels that we had seen in the past. So it really depends on the market that you're looking at. Are there any markets in the U.S. where uh, you might be a little concerned about overbuilding at the moment? 
There are a few markets that are in kind of a wait-and-see mode. For example, some talk about Austin and D.C. and Raleigh. But keep in mind, though, all of those markets still have positive annual effective rent growth. When you take a look at Austin currently, our latest figures show 5% rent growth, which is still really strong, and they've had a lot of units deliver. Um, Raleigh is in a 3% range. D.C. is uh, a little under 1%, so it's a little soft, but a lot of that has to do with employment levels. Uh, The latest SNP figures from the BLS were, I think, 9,000 jobs added over the last year. Um, so the employment levels are just a little bit soft in D.C., but most of the units that we are seeing delivering into some of the markets that have uh, a lot of new supply is in the urban core. So it's the urban core areas that are having soft growth and more of the suburban-type Class B product that's really continuing to do well and push um, the average for the entire market. Uh, that's interesting because I think a lot of people would think it's those urban communities that are really uh, doing well. Right. And, you know, and I don't want to make a blanket statement or anything like that. There, of course, are urban core type areas and several markets across the nation that are really, really hot right now. Um, But some of the markets, we we are seeing a trend where it's urban core that is softening. We're speaking with Stephanie McCleskey with Axiometrics about the apartment industry. And Stephanie, where do you see some opportunities for investors and developers right now? You know, like I had mentioned, Class B product is really hot right now. So if you can get a deal to pencil out in the suburban-type areas, that's really where we're seeing the growth. Um, I've heard that some developers are interested in focusing on some of the markets that have a lot of supply right now and planning deliveries for several several years out when they expect supply to start to decline a little bit. So those are some of the opportunities that we see and that we've heard of um, from some of our developer-type clients. Okay. And what are some of the trends and market factors that you expect to impact the apartment uh, industry moving forward? You know, I think one of the trends is um, population. So um, more people in that prime renter age group. Age group. Uh, if the lifestyle choice th- uh, state remains, uh, people getting married later, so they're renting longer. Um, maybe they want to rent in the urban core. One of the other things, too, and this may or may not have a large impact on the apartment market overall, but it's an interesting trend uh, nonetheless, is that the change in renter households for the 55 to 64 year olds, um, we've seen a, a a shift for that age demographic that there are more people renting in that age group than we've seen in the past. Well, that's interesting. That's certainly a lifestyle choice, right? Uh, when you, right. When you just call Absolutely. and say, hey, fix something, right? I'm going right. to going to play <laughs> golf. Well, Stephanie, right. thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And if you'd like more information, uh, look up Axiometrics. They do a great job of looking at the apartment market all across the country. And they also have some other services you might want to check out. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the apartment market, including cap rates and forecast. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about the apartment market around the country. Please welcome my next guest. Next guest is Cindy Clare. She's on the National Apartment Board of Directors. She's past regional president of IRM, and she's president of Kettler Management, Kettler Management, where she's responsible for 25,000 apartment units in over 100 communities. Cindy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, 
Cindy, you know, you're an operator, you're handling properties all over the, the East Coast, so you're kind of getting a, a bird's eye view of what's going on in the marketplace. What do you see as the trends for tenant traffic right now? Well, you know, it, tenant traffic tends to be seasonal. Our prospective residents generally, our busy seasons are in the spring and summer. And so this is the time of year we start to see it slow down because people don't like to move as it gets colder and as we get into the holidays. Having said that, our traffic has remained steady this year. We've seen um, people moving into apartments and continuing to look for apartments. And so we don't expect that trend to change. And on the communities that you're handling, um, tell us uh, kind of the class of those properties and age ranges and, and how are you seeing performance? So we have a wide variety of properties. We manage both affordable properties all the way to very high-end luxury properties, and then everything kind of in between. So the what we would call the B product, that um, kind of middle product that doesn't have as many amenities, may not be as new, built in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, versus the brand new product which was built you know just recently. We actually have six properties currently that we're in what's called lease-up, which are brand new part- properties that have just been built. Um, and so we, as I said, we have a little bit of everything. And are you seeing any variances on on performance on some of those properties, on some of those classes? Uh, I would say that the property performances about, across the board are fairly steady. We're seeing our occupancy staying fairly high. Obviously, on the newest product, it takes a little longer to get those leased up, and we may have to offer what we call a concession, a three months rent, or something like that. But there's still um, tremendous interest in that new product um, and the rents are obviously substantially higher than you see say in the B product in the older product and we've seen some pretty dramatic uh, rate increases around the country in the apartment industry and as you guys are budgeting for 2015 now what do you expect to see moving forward what are you what are you forecasting well I think a lot of it depends on the area so in the Washington DC market we expect that the increases will not be quite as high in 2015 as they've been in the past few years because Washington, D.C. came out of the recession a little quicker than some other areas of the country. And so, therefore, we already now have a lot of new product being delivered, which then tempers some of those rent increases until that product gets absorbed. In other areas of the country, I think you'll continue to see probably 4 to 5% rent increases and maybe higher in some areas of the country where construction hasn't caught up and there's still a lot of demand for apartments. Okay, we're talking with Cindy Clare, with, president with Kettler Management. And Cindy, what are you seeing for the demographic of your residents? Has that been changing a little bit over the last few years? Well, it's interesting. The demographic has changed both getting younger and getting older. So we're seeing the millennials starting to come out of their parents' home now that the economy is starting to recover and rent apartments. And so we have a, a very young demographic, but we're also seeing some of the baby boomers starting to downsize and look for apartments in urban or suburban, urban-suburban locations where their convenience is there, that they can walk to shopping and restaurants and so forth, which is exactly what the millennials look for as well. Right. That sounds like me. I'm getting a little older and a little younger, too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> I'm probably just getting older and less mature, more immature is what I'm doing. But well, that's okay, as long as we feel young, that, right? That's right. Well, how has that changed your leasing process today? You said you're on lease up on, on several communities. Is that demographic has adjusted? What's different? How are you, how you leasing these properties up any differently than you did back in the day? 
Uh, you definitely, there's differences now. Most of it, you know, with the, with the change in technology, that's changed a lot on how we lease. Um, we do a lot more with iPads and showing people um, information on their apartments. They can do online leasing, which means they can actually rent their apartment online, sign their lease online, put down their application and their money online. Now, most people still come in and they want to see the apartments, but they may make the decision and do everything else online. So our leasing offices have become more open, not quite the, the just having an office and people all sitting in offices. They're more open spaces. And in many cases, particularly in the urban areas, you're starting to see a trend towards a more open concept that at night we close off the area that was the leasing office and the rest of the space becomes amenity space for the residents to use. So there definitely have been some changes. Um, you don't see as much print advertising. Pretty much everything is done online through your websites. Oh, that's nice. So in the virtual world of, of uh, leasing and attracting these residents, are, are you using uh, videos and things of the, of the apartments to, to, for people to see? Absolutely. We have you know, virtual tours. You can have YouTube videos. Sometimes our residents will have a prospective resident um, that will ask, you know, could you send me a, a, a view of the apartment? And our leasing consultants will go into the apartments, take um, their iPhone or something like that, do a video and then send it to the residents so they can actually see the apartment. Yeah, that's great. Well, what are these tenants looking for today, and what attracts and retains residents at uh, your communities? Well, you know, I, for the high-end communities, it, it's the amenities and it's the space. So the finishes now, um, it, particularly in the newer properties, you're seeing the stainless steel appliances, granite or even um, quartz countertops, um, laminate floors instead of just carpet very high-end finishes and then add to that that the amenities have to match that and so you have clearly your fitness room um, club areas and amenity spaces that could include gaming could include pool um, video games um, outdoor spaces are, are very popular right now whether that's just grilling or lounge areas Wi-Fi throughout is also important and pet amenities so dog wash areas, um, dog walking areas uh, are, are very big with our residents. In addition, in the urban areas, you're seeing a trend towards being close to um, public transportation and having bike areas. So not just your old-fashioned bike room with a bike rack. We actually have bike lockers, bike workstations, in some cases showers, so that people, um, e even if our employees are riding their bikes to work, they have a place to shower and then come into the office. Well, that's fantastic. I think I want to rent one of your apartments. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a few if you would like to rent. Okay. And what are some of the design trends of these brand new communities that uh, might surprise people? Uh, what else are you seeing? Well, I think the big, the big thing that you hear a lot about is the apartments getting smaller. So amenity spaces are getting larger and then apartments are getting smaller, but they're much more open concept apartments. So they don't feel quite as small, um, but having islands in the kitchens, again, the, the um, laminate wood flooring, granite or or um, or, co uh, or manufactured stone countertops. We're even seeing in some cases, again, in urban locations where we've done concrete floors, stained concrete floors, more loft concept. Um, so a little bit of everything. I think that one of the surprising things is that there are still people 
that want larger apartments. So those baby boomers don't want to go into a small studio or one bedroom. They are looking still for some space because downsizing you know, from a home into an apartment still requires them to have a little more space. Well, that's great to have a wide range of, of sizes for tenants. That's great. Well, Cindy, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I very much enjoyed it. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on the apartment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Well, today we're talking about the apartment market. It's been a, a crazy market. Will it continue? Well, we'll find out some more now. We're going to speak with Tom Adderhold. He is chairman of Adderhold Properties, and he's had an illustrious, long career in the apartment industry. And Tom, thanks for joining us in Studio One today. Well, thank you for allowing. We appreciate it. And and I like to get a perspective from different operators and analysts on on what they're really seeing. Because sometimes the analysts we're, we're talking about the entire country. And I know you have a lot of uh, uh, communities around the Atlanta apartment market. What are you seeing for performance in your communities? Well, right now we're seeing uh, higher uh, occupancies and better rental rates, mm-hmm. uh, which is about time because the uh, industry was hurting pretty bad there for a while and it's, it's recovered very nicely yeah. and continues to move up. Atlanta was one of those markets that was hit hard with the, the housing downturn, right? And I guess that uh, you lost a lot of uh, renters in that situation, right? We did. We had a lot of people move out. and uh, Basically, if you were in a, a Class A, mm-hmm. most of the Class A properties, people would move out. So the people in the Class Bs would move to the Class As because the rental rates dropped. Mm-hmm. Then you had people in the Cs move up to the Bs. So it became a real interesting nightmare there for a while and are you seeing the opposite now as rents are going back up are you seeing people start to move back down or yeah we have seen that happen we've yeah. also seen uh, we set a rule where if someone had a foreclosure on a home uh, but otherwise their uh, the record's good mm-hmm. we'll allow them to move into our properties and just ignore the fact that they had a foreclosure oh, okay well that's great because if you look at everything else, it was fine. Yeah. And, and that was interesting, you know, because, um, you know, I, when I used to manage apartments, that's how I got started in the industry when I was young. And we had a, we wanted you to be able to pay the rent in one week's salary, one week's take home, pay the rent. But uh, do you, what kind of ratios are you guys using today? We usually do three to one. Three I mean, one. Yeah. that works pretty well. Yeah. So yeah. it, uh, that and making sure that the income is actually there. That's uh, fun sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Well, what do you expect moving forward for 2015, Tom? Do you expect uh, the good times to continue rolling? Well, I think it's going to continue on. I mean, you've got a lot of the baby boomers now starting to look at moving out of their, pri- of their private homes and moving into rental units. You have uh, a fair number of parents who have had their children in the basement for a while saying, get out, it's time for you to move into, into your uh, own home and uh, get out in the marketplace. Well, I, you know, it's not my children in my basement are locked trying to get out. It's some other people? No, I'm kidding. There's no, <laughs> no one locked in my basement. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so some of these parents are like, great, go, go ahead and go, right? Go rent an apartment, get out of here, right? Yeah, please go away. <laughs> so. 
All right. Well, where are some opportunities today? I mean, uh, some people might think the window is, is closed on investing in, in the apartment market, but if good times are still rolling, well, where are some opportunities? It, it seems like uh, infill is working pretty well in, in urban areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have, you've probably seen a fair amount of apartment complexes that are C's or worse being bought, torn down, and new product being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have uh, uh, raw land being uh, acquired and more apartments being put in, which works pretty well. Uh, it's just an infill product right now. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. And as far as the, the values for these communities, you know, how, how might these values be impacted by a rise in interest rates? I can't think, you know, there's some, some discussions that maybe a year from now we might have uh, you know, rates that are uh, one, one and a half, or one and a quarter percent higher uh, in as soon as a year. You know, how might that impact the apartment market? Is that window to build these projects or redevelop these projects, uh, is that window still open? I think it's still open. I mean, in looking at uh, the rental rates and in looking at uh, uh, lenders, mm-hmm. I remember building a couple of deals with 9% interest. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here at four that's nice uh, hello yeah. let's yeah. jump to that window a couple of times yeah so. i bought a uh, a triplex home when i was a young kid um and i think i paid 17 percent interest oh, yeah. that was fun yeah that's great fun yeah how they allowed us to do that i'll never know yeah and i was selling apartments and uh when we could get owner financing at 12 percent, we're like woohoo. yeah absolutely it was great <laughs> i remember mine first one was 10 percent. yeah so that's amazing. And now you're getting uh, rates as low as four on on new new projects. and It's in the fours. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, some of them are as high as six, mm-hmm. depending on your length and so forth and so on. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you expect those uh, that if somebody's doing an exit cap rate for three years from now, that they're going to have enough demand, enough rate increase, enough rent increase that even though the, the cap rate may, may be a little higher, that they're still going to have a nice profit range. I think that's probably true. Um, a lot of it depends on our banking and, and regulators. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, that's gotten pretty severe, as we well know. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the banker's fault. I think it might be the regulations, but that's, that's a t- uh, an area for a whole other subject. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that is. We'll have a show on banking here soon. <laughs> well, stay with us. We'll have more on the apartment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking about the apartment market, and my guest is Tom Adderhold with Adderhold Properties here in Studio One in Atlanta. And Tom, you guys do a great job of adaptive reuse projects. Some of the, the projects you've done around Atlanta are just really, really impressive, beautiful older buildings, and that's kind of a different uh, world, right? The new construction and, and buying old apartments. And uh, so tell me if an investor, a broker, someone out there is looking at potential adaptive use properties, uh, I guess office, warehouse, those kind of properties that you can convert to apartments. What makes a good site? What makes a good property? How would you recognize it? 
basically everything out there is mm -hmm. has potential. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain buildings which already are named, uh, which are great ones to start with. Uh, however, you know, when Sherman came through Atlanta, he did a fine job of removing some of the uh, uh, better structures. But there are still some out there. Um, when we go in and take a look at one, it's, it's a matter of what can we do with it. We have to take a lot of extra time to uh, think out of the box as to what we're going to do. Um, we really look at one carefully if everybody else is running away from it. Interesting. So what price range per square foot, let's say, for an office building would you have to be under to start making some sense? Well, that's, that question is very hard to answer because if a building is in pristine condition, we can pay a lot more because the renovation costs will be a lot less. So it's kind of all over the board uh, with that, and obviously you get down to your NOI and your internal rate of return to make all of those items work. So the same thing on the cost of construction then, right? You don't, it's hard to really know what the, and how do you gauge the construction cost of a, of a project like that must be a lot more difficult uh, to, to estimate, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's not more difficult. It's just mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. um, some of the stuff we have have timber and beams, and the, uh, the, the beams and columns are, can be 18 inches wide, 12 inches long, uh, thick, and uh, 22 feet long. So finding those and realizing that each one of them costs two grand might make it a little more difficult to work with. Yeah, that's interesting. I had a triplex when I was young that was built around the turn of the century. And, you know, when you'd replace a door or something, uh, you couldn't just go to Lowe's and, and get the door. No. I mean, I, sometimes I had to have them built, have them made, and that gets Absolutely expensive. Absolutely right. It gets expensive. You just, in learning how to do adaptive reuse, uh, you've got to get outside the box. You have to have engineers and architects who are willing to uh, get out there and find multitudes of different ways to do things. Yeah, so that's interesting. And also, there's some tax incentives, right? Uh, some tax credits and things with these adaptive use properties. What have you used? There are. You've got historic tax credits. That's one. Mm -hmm. uh, you have low-income housing tax credits, which is another, and you can combine those two. Mm -hmm. uh, there are things such as facade easements, uh, which is a, a technical piece mm -hmm. that can be added to help the investors uh, get a return on their money. Uh, the newest one is a, a new market, which I haven't used yet, but it is a combination of apartment homes and adaptive reuse with retail and so forth and so on. And these tax credits and, and tax incentives, uh, are they really imperative on, on these type of adaptive use projects? Well, it's, it's one of the things that, that the federal government did right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can actually uh, get a, a return on your money added because of the tax credits themselves, that assists you in being able to compete with a normal uh, standard stick built. Yeah, and I guess when you're going in and you're doing adaptive reuse, you're really improving the area. Do the municipalities give you any help or any assistance when, when you're doing these projects? They do. Um, it, uh, here again, it depends on where it is. And a lot of times what we used to do is go into an area, find the darkest spot, and we're basically turning on a light. Mm-hmm. So you light up the center, then everything starts to grow around it. It works pretty well. That's interesting. And what about the entitlement and zoning and, and permitting process? Uh, is that, uh, I guess it's a little, little different, maybe a little more difficult than just getting new construction projects rolling? It, it, I don't know that if it's, it's more difficult, mm -hmm. but communication is key. Yeah. You've got to get with the neighborhood and tell them what you're planning to do. You've got to get with the NPUs. You've got to go to your legislators and tell them what you're planning to do 
just just keep them informed. Uh, your the historic people uh, uh, have a requirement to know what you're doing, and you have to stay within certain parameters. And in doing all of that, a lot of times you'll get negative response. But at the, in the end, that negative response ends up assisting and making a great product when everybody gets together and figures out how to make it work. Yeah, you would think that uh, some of these cities would be great, be glad to see you. And, but at the same time, you may be taking an industrial zoning that doesn't allow residential, and now you're putting residential in there. So sometimes this can permit a, a pretty dramatic zoning change, right? It's a dramatic zoning change, and sometimes um, folks have a difficult time understanding what you're trying to do. They think you've lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your mind but thank you for losing your mind and coming here and doing this right well i hope so and what are some of the uh challenges that you find in adaptive reuse projects that people might want to watch out for i think the biggest key to adaptive reuse is doing your homework as in all cases mm-hmm. but when you go on a project like that you've got to have people that will here again get outside the box think totally differently look at something from a reverse angle an example uh, down at the Fulton Cotton Mill which is one of our projects uh, we had phase one built uh, designed we're ready to go forward and it just didn't feel right and one day our uh, architect walked in and said I figured out where we ought to put the pool I don't like where it is and we said where are you going to put it he said I want to put it right in the middle of that building where it used to be and keep the walls of the building intact that's outside the box yeah and it worked really well and that's the kind of thinking you have to have right and i guess you got to have uh contractors too that that understand adaptive reuse and i guess everyone on the team well stay tuned we'll have more on the u.s apartment market on the commercial real estate show i'm michael bull stay with us The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit Realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the apartment market. My guest is Tom Adderhold with Adderhold Properties and Tom, you've had an illustrious career for a long time in this industry. What advice would you give uh, young people who are maybe in the apartment industry now or considering the apartment industry about the sector and the, and the industry? Well, the apartment industry is a lot of fun. Let's just start off with that. But if you want to get into the industry, obviously you need to learn it from the bottom up. And, and it seems like uh, most people go into the leasing side or maybe the learning maintenance in the early, in the early stages. And then they work their way up. I mean, when you, when you get involved with this stuff, you, you either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And most people love it. And so, you know, go to your local uh, apartment association. Uh, get involved that way. Get, get some education. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn how it all works. And if you're good at what you do, people will find you and you'll move up in the industry. Oh, that's great advice. Uh, I started off in leasing apartments and then managing apartments and then um, the company I worked with turned apartments around, and then from there I got a job running a management company where we we tripled the size of the growth of the company, and and it was just what you just said from coming up and renovating these communities and 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 
leasing them and managing them, I went into sales. And so when I went into sales, I did really well because I knew how to operate and I could see an opportunity. So it is really key to kind of start, get a, get a good base, right? Oh, absolutely right. You've got to mm-hmm. get into it. And uh, you, if you don't have a good base, you're dead. You're yeah, right. Yeah. And you've had a, a great career, as we've said. If you had to do all over again, would you have done anything any differently? Um, I probably would have gotten more involved in, in more adaptive reuse earlier. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what I was getting into when I first got into it. It was, uh, shall we say, a little scary. But it ends up being uh, outstanding fun to do, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. So. Well, it's real outside the box, right? So it's uh, just not as cookie cutter. you got to have a little more imagination, right? Oh, yeah. You've got, you have to get out there and get in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the management, even after you've built it, is really wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often do you run across a, uh, a four-story high beehive inside the walls of a building? Whoa. That's a little unusual, but, you know, hey, management gets after it. Yeah. And these adaptive reuse projects, when you're using a, a built, existing building that's maybe in an infill location with, with a lot of things going on around it, there's some advantages to that as compared to new construction, right? There is. A lot of these buildings are named. Um, it's So you can build on the history. And if you're going to do historic tax credits or anything like that, uh, getting the history is, is important anyway. Yeah, so you don't have to make that building known, and you don't have to create an identity. It's got one to start with, right? It's got one to start with, yeah. which means it already has this built-in advertising piece. People that want to be there are going to show up. They're going to become part of the the uh, fabric of the buildings, and they'll take ownership of it and help you keep it working right. That's great. And also you may be around some uh, attractions, right, that kind of work as amenities for the community without having to own them. Oh, yeah. Well, you think about... You may not have parking lots. You might not have a fitness center. You might not have, you know, a, a place to convene a meeting or something. Mm-hmm. But it's all around you, and all you have to do is say, "It's here. It's here, and it's here." And and uh, come live with us, and you'll be able to enjoy all those amenities free. What would be a quick closing tip for our listeners related to the apartment industry? Being a part of the uh, apartment industry is is really exciting. I mean, remember, no two days were alike. (laughs) That's right. I had a lot of fun and still have fun selling apartments. Well, thanks for joining us today, Tom. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for joining us out there on YouTube and on the uh, Internet and on our 40 radio stations around the country. We really appreciate appreciate you uh, you listening. If you are listening to the show on the radio, keep in mind, go to our website, and you can see some charts and things that will go along with what we've been talking about today. Be sure and join us next week. We'll talk about the sexy industrial market. You don't want to miss that. Till next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Sozo Web Hosting and Cloud Solutions, secure, reliable, and worry-free. Visit sozo.com. That's S-O-Z-O.com. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate online in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. And by France Media, 
providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit CREshow.com.